0: That's all
1: I'm
2: saying. Alrighty.
1: And that's it, good. Near. Yeah.
2: <laughs> 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 and that's the cold open for this episode.
1: <laughs> Excellent. Set your phase to the sexy!
2: Comic books, like the way you look, like the way you always mess with your hair,
3: playing PS3, it's just you and me, in my dreams and I want to go to that, I
2: like you. Welcome loyal listeners to another episode of True North Nerds! Yay! Yay! This week, we will be uh, tackling the news, and, oh, this is going to hurt me every time I say it. Uh, We are going to review DuckTales. Woo! Woo. And get used (laughs) to that, listeners, because it's probably going to be happening a lot. Yes, yes, it will. Um, With us this week is Kevin.
3: Woo!
2: And Jen. Woo!
3: And Ryan. Hi, Brent. I won't do it to you.
1: Oh, uh, Ryan.
3: <laughs> I'm being nice today.
2: <laughs> so, uh, a little bit of housekeeping. Um, uh, first off, uh, we've added a new show to the True North Nerds Network. Question we're mark. a network now.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> a network of one stream? Yes. So, network, uh, TNNN. It- <laughs> yeah, so if you are downloading the shows, uh, uh, like, if you're subscribed, you will notice that uh, last week we had the uh, Sailor Snacking debut with Jen and Tracy. Yay! Um, Jen's been wanting to do a Sailor Moon uh, podcast for quite a while, and she finally figured out a gimmick with it, along with Tracy. <laughs> and uh, so far, uh, we... We've got one episode up. There's, what, six recorded, Jen?
1: Seven,
2: I think. Seven recorded. I
1: was on episode seven, so... Yeah. So seven recorded. Oh, who didn't mute their phone?
2: Mine's not even in the room with me, so... My guess is it was Jen.
1: But it's not pink- my fault because it was Kevin who sent me a message. <laughs> it, it, it's another news item for Ryan that I just...
3: Yeah, I already saw that. Thank you.
1: Okay. Anyway, cause... back to how awesome <laughs> my Sailor Moon show is. Yes, Jen, your show is awesome. I loved it. <laughs> so the premise behind this is that... Um, we watch two episodes of the classic 1990s Sailor Moon. Uh, we're starting with season one. Uh, we're doing two episodes at a time and just giving, like, our general overviews of how we feel the episode holds up and, you know, our impressions of Sailor Moon. Um, and in between the episodes, we have a fun snack that is, uh, well, originally it was going to be theme-based, but that kind of went out the window. And now it's whatever we can kind of pick up at the Asian supermarket or... Um, Whatever we feel like cooking. So our first episode, we ate mochi, which is like a rice dough ball with jelly inside.
2: And oh, I really wish like I had. Play-Doh.
1: I really wish I had recorded Brent's reaction to it because it was great. Oh, um, and like... then <laughs> Brent did not like it. And then our next episode, uh, it is coming out next week. And what did we eat? We ate pancakes. We made uh, Japanese souffle pancakes. Mm. They were so good, oh my god.
2: (laughs) So as part of the show, Jen and Tracy have been having guests on, and uh, uh, Kevin shows up uh, later on in the series.
1: Episode
2: Uh,
0: 7, knowing nothing about Sailor Moon. That was still
1: a good episode, though. It was fun. Yeah.
2: So uh, (laughs) we will also put out there, uh, if uh, you would like to appear on Sailor Snacking, uh, feel free to contact us through uh, the Facebook page and uh, Jen might be able to schedule you in because there are a couple slots still open.
1: Yeah, and we also have our own Instagram at Sailor Snacking, but we're we're uh, picky off of all the other True North Nerd stuff right now. So you can email us at truenorthnerds at gmail or talk to us uh, through the True North Nerd's Facebook pages.
2: Yep. And uh, how many episodes do you figure this will go, Jen? Like uh, there uh, are.
1: There are 46 episodes of Sailor Moon, so we are doing 23 episodes Three of the episodes. podcast for Season 1. And yeah. then after we finish Season 1, we're going to evaluate whether we want to continue. And if we do, which I probably we will, um, how we want to keep going.
2: Yeah. So it, it may mutate, but the, the general concept will be the st- staying the same, I believe. There are yeah. like 200 episodes of the original Sailor Moon, right?
1: Yes. And there are... Three movies and there is a bunch of there's a bunch of musicals. Oh, we could we could do the Sailor Moon musicals. I haven't there's even seen them all. The live action series. Yeah, there's a live action, and then the new one that just came out was um, Sailor Moon Crystal, which is a redo of the 1990 Sailor Moon. That's a little bit more true to the manga. Ah. So, we'll see what we decide to do.
2: Yep. But it'll and, be fun uh, as well. Uh. I would encourage everybody to uh, to go back uh, a couple weeks and listen to uh, what was a lost but now found episode with me and Nate Milton. Um, it's uh, us talking about uh, race in terms of fandom, in particularly wrestling and uh, toys and stuff like that. Uh, I... Uh, I wasn't sure if I should have put it up. Well, you'll get that if, when you listen to the intro. because. It, it, but I talked to Nate, and Nate felt that it was pretty timely considering what's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a softball version of what's happening right now. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but, uh, yeah, and listening to it, I, I, I rather like the, the conversation that he and I had. And I, I think, um, like... It, it, I our show is not going to change the world. <laughs> it's, we talk about nerd stuff and video games and things like that. But maybe if more of these conversations, like what Nate and I had, happen, then maybe the world would be a slightly better place.
0: Mm-hmm. So
2: I, I, I think that's the, the best way to sort of sum it up.
0: I thought it was a great conversation that, that you guys had. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that episode too, Brent. I thought
2: you guys did a nice job. Yeah, and and Nate listened back to the entire thing and thought it was pretty good. And that that was kind of my like, it was sort of my thing of like, do I p- bother putting this up? Because one, it the the story that we talk about is sort of out of date at this point. The general themes are not, but the 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 story was is uh, get, goes back to November of last year. And the other thing was is I didn't want to detract from the serious issues that were going on right now. Mm-hmm. Like, And, you know, I, I, I figure it's, you know, Nate is, is a black guy living in... pretty much living near the South, right? So right. he lives in Virginia. And I figured if he okayed it, then it, it was good to, to go up. And so... Yeah, uh, I think it's worth listening to, uh, and like myself. But uh, the uh, the other thing to go along with that. Now, this one might cost you money, but uh, after this episode uh, airs, I will be on the Post Wrestling Networks uh, Patreon feed with the review of Avengers Endgame, which will also include uh, Brother Nate. Will be on it with me uh, with. Uh, Hosts John and Way, so they they have been rewatching all of the Marvel movies one a month, and they have finally made it kind of to like the main finish line. Uh, I think they're debating whether they continue after this, but um, I, I will be appearing. It's on their Patreon feed, so I think you have to you would have to spend a minimum of like five dollars or something to to be able to access it. But um, it's always fun talking to those guys, especially about nerd stuff.
3: How often are they watching their Marvel movies?
2: They're doing one a month, but they've had a couple breaks in between. Okay, and there was if
3: they're at Endgame, they're almost caught up. You know, they might as well keep going. Uh,
2: Well, it's it's whether they want to do something else instead. I guess is the idea, like same kind of idea, but maybe a different theme to it. uh, Uh, I I know from talking to them, it's somewhat uh, popular. And it, it's kind of it, it's now it's an interesting time stamp because the last time I appeared on their show was for Infinity War. And I was the last I'm not completely positive, but I was either the last or one of the last live guests they had in their studio before they, they had to do everything remotely and that, and now this one is obviously going to be done from all of our homes. So it's uh, it's kind of interesting that way just from like a circumstances point, but uh, I start my uh my rewatching of Endgame uh, shortly. I picked up the Blu-ray <laughs> cuz I didn't actually own it cuz I, I like to be uh really prepared with all the trivia and stuff like that so all i'll right. watch the movie once and then i'll watch it with like the director's commentary or all the behind the scenes footage and all that sort of stuff so it, it makes me sound smarter than i actually am
1: a <laughs> lot smarter to that bet you're better researched
2: <laughs> you're well, prepared. well there prepared you go. and the uh and the final thing, not to completely keep tooting my own horn here, but toot, toot. Uh, I'm I'm in Ooh. the running for uh, Max FM eighty-eight point one in Aurelia's uh, win your own oh, right. show contest. Isn't it eighty-nine or eighty-nine point one
0: Max FM? Yeah.
2: Yeah. You better learn the channel. <laughs> well, yeah. Sorry. Just edit <laughs>
1: that part out before they hear you. Yeah. <laughs>
2: 89.1 Max FM. They're based out of Aurelia. Uh, I pitched a show for this contest, and I was kind of surprised that uh, I, I I got into the finals, and uh, right now I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> I, just checked your,
0: I, <laughs> I just checked your standings,
2: and you're way ahead at the moment.
0: But that doesn't mean people shouldn't... Stop voting. Keep voting.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's all. Voting. It's only the first week, so uh, and I, I will be upfront about this. The music that I play is uh, is going to be a lot different than what you might expect from our podcast. But uh, I, I, I'm I'm kind of hoping I win. I have no expectations about it. If I do win, other than like I'll probably get an episode, maybe two, and. If I do that, that'll be kind of awesome, because I'll get to play the music that I want <laughs> on the <laughs> station, Or at least generally what I want. I, I'm curious how deep their, the digital archives that they've got go, like the system that they're hooked up in, into. Because uh, some of the stuff I'm going to be wanting to play is a little bit on the deeper cut side. Mm. But uh, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, uh, and if you have already voted for me, if you're a listener, uh, thanks. I, I appreciate it. It's uh, a little bit of levity in the the sort of dark times that we're living in right now.
1: Yeah, so you can find the link to vote on our Facebook page, or if you just go to Google and type in Max FM Aurelia, it'll pop up. Um, and I think you can vote once on pretty much any every device you have. So
2: do yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> That's my wife wanting me to get a job.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's your wife wanting you to get out of the house for a minute. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, it's a passion of yours, and I think that you will a really enjoy doing it. And I think that it will, you know, it's always nice if when you can kind of live one of your dreams. So, even if you don't listen to the station, listeners, just vote for him anyway because it will make Brent happy. More. <laughs>
2: So, with that in <laughs> mind,
0: is that the housekeeping? Have we moved on to the news? Yes.
3: Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, we, yeah. Brent, did you fall
1: asleep? Are you okay?
3: <laughs> Brent had a stroke.
1: Oh, don't even joke about that.
2: Run
3: downstairs and save him.
0: Uh, let's to-
2: get. Let's. Is there any other housekeeping? Like anybody else got anything else that they they want to share? Right now? Well,
0: I am still. I am still involved with the Trek FM podcast. Earl Gray. Um, we did an episode. Uh, the first episode that I was the lead host on was about finding the good in low-rated episodes, and we have inadvertently stepped into the um, the culture wars uh because there's an episode that is really the most blatantly racist episode of star trek probably ever created and that's in season one and we did a discussion of it but we probably didn't do a a good enough deep dive on it so we've gotten some interesting feedback it's all been sort of positive and it's been a learning curve for all of us and i think uh i think moving forward we're all better informed and and it's going to be all good but uh yeah that was a bit of a bit of a thing uh this week with with that show so but uh we're gonna keep moving on we're recording again this weekend for our next episode and uh uh i highly encourage you to listen to earl gray if you like star trek the next generation our next episode will be about data's hobbies he had many oh.
2: he did have many hobbies <laughs> huh. yeah all right, then. Let's start with the news. Ryan, what do you got for us this week? Uh,
3: okay, so we've got uh, some more news out of the Batwoman camp. Uh, so the latest talk is uh, with, uh, you know, the obviously with uh, the role of Kate Kane. Uh, is, are they going to recast? Are they going to um, just write off the character? There was talk this week they may be killing off the character. Uh, this sounds like the latest is that the, they're just going to be kind of writing her off. It'll be part of the, uh, actually one of the main mysteries of season two and that they're going to be bringing in a new character. And so far it sounds like the name of the new going to be Ryan Wilder or yeah, Wilder. Uh, and she's nothing like Kate Kane. is what they've said. Uh, other than, yeah, she's still going to be a um, LGBT, you know, a, a woman of, you know, along the same lines but uh yeah i don't know pardon me i'm half asleep here i didn't have my nap after work i'm I'm running on coca-cola and sugar uh and so there's that that came out this week um oh universal orlando here haven't you hear this uh so with them reopening uh, many of the characters are going to be walking around wearing uh, fi- uh, masks, like the rest of us. I have seen the photos. Yes, I so do I. Like <laughs> I do not like it. I do not like it.
0: If a character wears a mask, normally I say fine, but to put face coverings on Shaggy, Fre- uh, yeah, Shaggy, Fred, Velma, and Daphne. Uh, 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 I like the way they've got their character meet and greet set up. They're behind a barricade. Basically, you take selfies with them. They sort of pose behind you as you stand six feet away in front of them. But yeah, Captain America wearing a face mask over his cowl just looks weird. Like yeah. I get Spider Man. You can have his face is fully covered. You could have a park full of minions and um, uh, Doctor Doctor Zeus characters. You know anybody that's in a big fur fursuit kind of costume, like a Shrek would be fine. Uh, they've got the Transformers. They're out there, too. But
3: I want to Monroe, see Optimus Prime with a mask.
0: It, Marilyn Monroe should not be wearing uh, a surgical mask. Or, or Groucho Marx. Or Beetlejuice. He's already dead, for God's sake. He shouldn't need a mask at all.
3: But there he was. He's got, uh, yeah.
2: he's got undead corona. It's <laughs> so even deadlier. My kind of take at it is... <sighs> I, I don't really think these parks should be opened up to begin with right now. That that's just my personal thing, but if they if you feel that you can open up the park to paying customers and do not require them to wear a mask, these characters shouldn't be wearing a mask. Like you could you could be argue that well it's staff safety blah 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 blah. And I'm like yeah, but you. Should care about both sides of the argument, you know, not only say what the, the people that are taking these photos as well. And yeah, it's uh, I don't know why it it just the, the whole thing kind of annoys me.
1: But couldn't they just not do character meet and greets until things are more back to normal, or only said- do character meet with characters that are wearing like full different heads?
3: Yeah.
0: Disney has said that they're not doing any character meet and greets. They may have these; they're not parades, but they're going to be like characters on floats that you can sort of take selfies with as they roll be down back. the street. Yeah, but but uh, this just—I
3: don't know—I I just don't like the look of it. I uh, always find the like the live-action people, like you said, like like the like the Scooby Gang that are not people in co- cartoon costumes, or even even like the Captain America versus Spider-Man. It's like when you see them, and it's like it's it's more it's just a person in cosplay. Yep. It's like yeah, they don't you know they may kind of look like the characters do on TV or on the cartoon or in the movie, but they don't really, and so they're not really <laughs> meeting those characters. it's not like it's really you know Chris
0: Evans and right. And to top it all off, at Universal because of their licensing agreement with Marvel from back in the day yeah. They're, you're meeting you're meeting like characters in 21 year old costumes yeah. <laughs> yeah right uh yeah. They, they can't they can't put a captain america in an yeah. mcu style costume they have to put him in the costume that he was wearing in
3: 1999 yeah so yeah oh, like you said i do you think they would have just suspended the live action people had more cartoon characters running around. Yeah,
1: because they could have like when we went, we had uh, we saw Scooby Doo all in. in yep. Obviously, Scooby Doo was a guy in a dog costume. So there was Hello Kitty. Uh, you could do Transformers. You could do. Uh, I think they had Groove and the Minions. They had yep. the, the animals from Pets. So like, there's lots of options. Yep. SpongeBob full costume people. Yeah. Yep. So I don't understand why they just don't do it that way. Yep. I don't either, and and I don't even
0: mind wearing if if people who are playing roles in the park wear masks like but if they're like not specific characters like the like the the Hogwarts Express conductor that's fine like yeah. he's just a guy or the you know the, the Hogwarts students that's fine too yeah. but uh,
1: pretty much but, everybody who's wandering around uh, Harry Potter world just just as a generic witch or wizard could wear a mask
0: yeah but Velma. Or the the raptor handler is wearing a mask. You know, that's cool. Whatever. Because yeah. Yeah, that at
3: least makes...
0: But if the raptor was wearing a
1: mask? Of,
3: <laughs> I think that would be funny. That would kind yeah, of be funny.
2: actually, that would be kind of awesome.
3: <laughs> Just like you know, Megatron came out with like, a little mask on or something. That
2: would be but funny.
3: Even
0: if I was able to go to the parks right now, I would not be going to the parks right now. Oh,
3: no. Yeah. Okay, oh, okay next... Oh, so remember our everybody's. uh, So the end of Spider-Man, we we all get the little tease, and uh, J.K. Simmons shows up as J. Jonah Jameson. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, apparently he has uh, he's reportedly signed on for multiple MCU appearances to play as as J. Jonah Jameson. Yes, yes, Spider-Man is still in the MCU.
1: Okay, I thought that they were going their separate ways now.
3: No, that, no like they, they, the, got they, got they they sorted started out they made but the deal it's only again. for a little while.
1: It keeps yeah. going back and forth. I can't keep up. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah,
3: there's there's money. So,
1: good. but uh, so, I so watch he's going to be Man making.
3: Of course, we all do. So I thought that was that was good because he's a great Jay
1: Jonah. He's the best. Uh
3: ooh, and so after so last week we oh, last week last episode we talked about the Snyder Cut and its release. And we all kind of talked about Henry Cavill and hoping that he was going to be coming back as Superman. Well, lo and behold, the next day, or maybe even that night, reports came out that indicated Henry Cavill has has signed on to return as Superman in the DC films. Uh, Now, it doesn't mean we're going to be getting a sequel to Man of Steel right away. Uh, From the sounds of things, they're going to start to treat him kind of like Marvel does with the Hulk. And have him show up in other people's movies. Okay, it pushed me back to the thought of they don't know what to do with Superman. <laughs> they don't understand Superman and can't make a movie about Superman, so they're just going to have him show up in other people's movies like he did. Yeah. Hopefully, a little more than he did in, in Shazam.
1: Yeah, but they don't even know what to do about the DCU. Like they can't make up their minds what they want it to be or what it, or what they want. Like there is no overarching anything. It's just they're trying to be the MCU so hard. But it's failing. No, which at this well, point
2: the the, the collective collective universe not, part is, but the mo- some of the movies are not. Yeah, like, so that's what, I, that's what I mean.
1: End. That's why I said the DCU, like the, the universe.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah, but you could still technically say just be, you know all these movies are part of the DCU. They just don't. You know, they can't figure out a, an Avengers movie. Like, they can't get.
1: just they, they, the Yeah, if they're lacking but some they sort of cohesion, they've had one shot at it. These, yeah, they too soon. Well, yeah. they didn't learn from They should have followed it almost exactly the way that Marvel did it And have standalone movies that builds to a, a greater thing Instead of going, oh, we have one Superman movie And now we have a Batman movie with Superman And now we have a Justice League Yeah, uh, yeah. Listen to funny.
3: many past episodes to hear all of our thoughts on the same subject <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Exactly <laughs> Moving on Ooh, this is <laughs> excellent news we got our first look at the uh, new Bill and Ted movie. Bill and Ted oh, faced yeah. the music. <laughs> and um, I was amused. I can't wait to see this movie. It yeah, did look like I'm fun. I'm looking
2: forward to it, too. We I, I loved the idea, idea behind it. Like, the, the the plot to this just sounds, like... And kind of resonates with an older guy like me in, in some ways. Of, like, you know, they were destined to... to Save the the world. To so write the
3: song that unites the world,
2: and they haven't done it yet.
3: <laughs> <sighs> Which kind of contradicts the end of the second movie, doesn't it?
1: I honestly uh, don't remember uh, during, during, the like,
3: during the credits. as you see all the newspaper headlines and the, all the all the with that, you know them you know going on tour and doing all this stuff and.
2: Yeah, but maybe they even explain that. Like, that yeah. stuff may have still happened in the... You think of it kind of like a one-hit wonder, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. They, they might have done all that within the first year. And, then yeah. just and it
3: wasn't necessarily
2: of the song that united the world. Yeah.
3: yeah, but yeah no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm
1: looking, looking forward to it, too. Yep. Yeah. But I think before we watch the new one, we should, we should maybe, as a group, watch the other two and do reviews. Mm. <laughs> in,
3: yeah. That's that sounds like fun.
1: Hopefully, the coronavirus will be over by then, and we can all sit together in the same building. Well,
2: <laughs> that would
3: be nice. I think we'll we'll be able to sit together in the same building by then, but the coronavirus won't ever be over. Yeah, yeah. I
2: think wow. I think yeah. that's sticking around for a while, unfortunately. Next,
3: Ooh, speaking of new trailers, uh, just today, Sony uh, had a whole big press conference, and they were unveiling they unveiled their new. Uh, PlayStation 5 And they showed it off Which is what the Bing of Jen's phone was earlier Uh, Kevin was sending out that uh, link too
1: Well no, Brett can't edit that out Thanks Ryan You're welcome
3: (laughs) Uh, So there's no release date No prices Uh, They're going to be releasing two models though One with an Ultra HD Blu-ray disc drive And one that's just a digital only edition So there'll be no disc drive yeah, uh, it looks pretty cool, kind of like very spacey. G, mm-hmm. you know, it's all white with like a, a black middle. It looks like it has some glowing the LED lights in it and stuff, and it's very very sleek, very modern looking. Yeah, uh, so yeah, I'm assuming
1: it'll
2: be very expensive.
1: Hopefully
3: that means that the
2: PS4 uh, I've heard some will price go price estimates. <laughs> yeah. Prices well, see- like I heard were like around like seven to eight hundred bucks.
3: Yeah, wow. apparently there was a possible uh, Amazon leak where they might have posted it too soon or something and then took it quite, took it down fast and and yeah, it had like a really really high price. Which will be interesting if that's the case because I'm pretty sure Microsoft is waiting to see what Sony prices their unit at before mm. they announce theirs, so they can try to undercut it because I think. The reverse happened last round where Microsoft came out with theirs and then Sony came out a little under the under it uh, with the PlayStation be. 4, so it's all about pricing each other out, right? Uh, but one of the new uh, and I hate the fact that it's a Sony-only game, one of their real, yeah. and it's supposed to be coming out with the, at launch with it, is the sequel to their hit Spider-Man game uh, but this time, instead of being Peter you will be Miles and it looks really
2: cool. Yeah, now, it, it was a the teaser last trailer. man was... game looked really good too, and it was. Yeah. So, but that, did you see the the trailer for Stray? The, the, no, the I just watched I the read?
3: Spider-Man one. No, I didn't see that one.
2: Okay, so there's no details about it because it really because it comes out uh, next year, like it comes out in 2021. Okay, but the trailer follows a cat in a world that seems to be inhabited by, like, a cyberpunky setting that's all robots, like, all the people are robots. Okay. And when I say cat, like, I don't mean, like, a, you know, like, a, a cartoon cat bipedal with gadgets and shit. Like, I mean, like, running around on all fours, like, the, the cat that you hear on our podcast. <laughs> Aww. It, it looks really intriguing, I, I'm kind of curious what the game is for it. <laughs> you have to go around knocking stuff off the of shelves. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I it's would play like that a, game.
2: It's like a really really high tech version of that Angry Goose game.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> My last news story is probably, well, one of, is, is, you know, one of the biggest news stories uh, from the past couple of weeks, in comic books at least. Uh, DC Comics has uh, severed their relationship with Diamond Distributing. And is going out on their own, well, with their two partners, um, to distribute uh, distribute DC Comics. And for those of you who don't, don't know anything about this, this is well, it's kind of big news because, well, Diamond's that's who distributes comics to your local comic book store, and they distribute well, I mean, everybody. There's the you, know, you got the previews magazine, you order the things, and it, and it's you know been nice and easy for the comic book shops. Uh, there's deals on shipping and customs and all that. And it makes, you know, cost-effective uh, for them to get comics. Well, at least here in Canada, this new format doesn't look so cost-effective for the consumer or for the uh, the comic shops.
2: Yeah. Uh, I, I talked to a couple retailers in, in Canada, and it basically sounds like if you're in the United States... You're you're good. You're golden. Don't it, it's going to require you like to to do some changes to your uh, point of sale system. But where the problems begin is Canada is it's going to cost most retailers more money. So if you are getting DC Comics. Don't be surprised if there's a price hike in the near future, because that's the only way your retailers are going to be able to, to carry these books. And also, it all, if, if I were you and you like a DC book that's coming out or like you, you see one, but you don't have it on your pull list, I would put it on your pull list because it's going to cause a lot of Canadian stores to order bare minimums. They're going to yeah. order for their customers and whatever bare minimum they have to get for the book. But, like, shelf copies of DC books are going to be few and far between for a lot of stores. Like, oh, yeah. if you, like, you know, the last little while, Ryan and I especially have been picking up, like, these just, like, random issues here and there. Like, Legion of Superheroes and books yeah, like and that. Yeah, Superman. But, uh, without actually putting them on our poll list yeah, and that like, we won't be able to do that anymore. Well, no, and if, it, it, part of the
3: problem with the whole system, like, so it's only, it's being done by two American comic book stores. Really it's midtown comics out of Manhattan. And what's the other one? Uh, where,
2: where it's no, it's in the States though. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah. Uh,
3: uh, and they've pretty much between the two of them divided up Canada in half. And Midtown's taking from, I guess, well, the Ontario-Quebec border, so Quebec East, while the other company is dealing with Ontario West, which just seems crazy. Because um, it is. Yeah. And then, <laughs> well, one example I read from someone who had a was talking from uh, a retailer friend of theirs, because like, this has been, they started this a couple of weeks ago as a trial. And they ordered what cost them forty dollars worth of product, which would have been retail pro- uh, retail price at uh, like sixty dollars. Uh, and then by the time it they paid for shipping, uh, duty, and everything and got it in hand, it cost them seventy dollars. So if you're ordering forty dollars worth of product that you're hoping to sell, that you, that's worth $60 for you to sell but it costs you $70 to get it there that's not good math like I'm no business major but I know what makes it <laughs> to put you in a deficit so that's where you're going to start seeing your DC comics getting a hefty cover price hike
2: yeah and not only that is I don't know if there's been any remedies for it but uh, what I was talking to retailers on Monday and their thing was like that, like the Canada in is at least sort of lucky right now. Europe is like so. Uh, DC Comics doesn't exist anymore because yeah. there anything is nothing set up for Europe.
3: Yeah, or any well anywhere outside of Canada and USA. Have you? I don't even. Know if, I haven't even heard anything about like say Mexico or something like, even so.
2: Yeah, now, uh, some some countries have publishing deals.
3: That's separate, true too.
2: But like the UK, especially, w- would be a, an area which would be carrying the same stuff that they get here. Yeah, and that like they have nothing set up for it. Absolutely zip. Or at least as a, a week fr- previous to this podcast, there was nothing set up for them, which means they can't order anything. And it's really like this. It it was in the pipeline, but you kind of get the feeling that this decision to do it this quickly kind of came out of nowhere because it was basically like you have three weeks to do your diamond orders for the for the next round, and then we're switching over. It doesn't sound like the new distributors of DC product is prepared for that right now.
3: Yeah. Well, there's real suspicious things too. Do uh, you notice how there's a bunch of... Uh, titles that they're ending and the last issues they're not even putting out floppy issues of they're gonna put out a digital copy and then put it in a collected trade but it's like what if you were someone that was collecting all the floppies and wants the floppy run and you're not buying the trades
2: yeah
3: now you have to buy a digital or a trade to finish your story it's almost like they don't they it kind of almost feels like they don't care about the direct market as much anymore like, they still have their deal with, like, Penguin for distributing yeah. uh, your trades and stuff. So, you know, you'd still probably be able to find trades at, like, Michael's and Amazon and things like that. But, you you know, you know getting your floppies, if you're a floppy reader and collector, you know, it's going to get a lot harder.
2: Yeah, it's the, theor- the working theory I have. And I don't have a huge amount to base this off of just this is going from a whole bunch of news posts that I've read.
3: I've got my, my tinfoil
2: hat on. Yeah, um, <laughs> my theory is is that uh, what happened was last year Warner Brothers and AT and T merged or bought out whatever the the technical term is for it. And with with such a huge buyout like that, you get a lot of debt. Like that's Disney has experienced the same thing lately. Uh, it, lots of companies do it. So that wasn't a problem until the this crisis happened and with the the coronavirus and everybody seeing down profits from everything right now and one of the things that happened was Diamond basically came out and said to the, the people they owe money to so that would be Marvel DC boom the the, the whole nine yards and went we can't pay you the full amount that we owe you over the next little while. We are only going to pay 25% of that. And I think somebody at Warner Brothers, probably somebody new, who kind of oversees this sort of stuff, or like in terms of the financials, and in maybe the comic side of things in particular, just went ballistic. Because it was one more thing that they weren't getting money for, and the company is... Not as tight a ship as they want it to be. Somebody saw this opportunity to do something else, and now we have, you know, more distributors, which will mark the, the first time since 1997 that there was more than one comic book distributor. Yeah, that that's when Heroes World closed, and and that was that was Marvel's big thing and we saw it like that helped put Marvel into bankruptcy so I don't the one thing I, I, I'll, I get from it that um, there's a lot of people out there that are like oh it's the end of the monopoly it's the end of the distributing monopoly this is good for business um, those are people who aren't buying comics and aren't <laughs> stores for the most part the, the monopoly of Diamond distribute, uh, diamond Comics distribution w- did not affect readers at all. Not one red cent. <laughs> so, Other than making it easier for us to get our comics. And stores for, like, they only, like, you yeah. know, yeah, there isn't another game in town, but they only had one to, to order from. And yep. that s- system is streamlined and healthy we we will see where this goes but that is potentially like one of the biggest comic book based stories of the year yeah. uh, like that could really change the landscape in the next six months to a year
0: I'll admit that when I first heard this I thought that uh, this was a good thing but after hearing the discussions I was like nope um, I think this could be the beginning of the end for DC Comics
3: uh I don't know about that just cuz well look at the part they're, they're part of a giant conglomerate they're not going anywhere they'll still they'll, they'll always be around if anything just to be a a, a content place making where, factory where, yeah exactly you know
2: yeah and like there are rumors that DC at some point might shift to all digital like mm. for floppy and then just rely on books and trades yeah, you know,
0: Well, what do you think? It, it
2: seems kind of foreign for us, but yeah. in Europe, that's how things come out, right? Yeah. Like like European based comics that they come out in these albums every six months yeah. or so, or year, two years, yeah. and it, it might just be a different way of doing things if they want to switch to that. But yeah, and it, it, it makes you wonder, given like the other moves, like what are they thinking? <laughs> Like, like, not in a bad way, but like, I want to. I'm, I'm curious what the end game plan is. Like, you know, you look at this, you look at dio being let go, mm-hmm. and, and scrapping what, the, and potentially scrapping what sounds like at least like a year to two years worth of planning for the comics line. Is like, what, what are they working towards? What's the idea here? What, you know?
0: Yeah, is, is there a plan?
2: Is there a plan or is this just like all panicking, trying to save money somehow? Yeah. Is that your last bit, Ryan? That's it
1: for me. I've got one.
2: Okay. You go first, Jen. I've got one as well.
1: And I sent this to Ryan and he didn't read it. So I'm going to read it. (laughs) I forgot about it. Sorry. So according to a report by Variety, uh, the Golden Globes have, uh, changed their rules stipulating that voice only performances are not eligible in any acting category and they did this because of the mandalorian so because you can't see uh pablo pascal's face they consider him to be um voice only performance and he's no longer eligible for winning uh best actor golden globe because of that so it says even if the actor is on set of a film or series, if he's masked for the entirety of the performance, they can't qualify for a golden globe.
3: Well see and I, read I that. Article, think is
1: ridiculous.
3: Well and it gets even more complicated because he does at one point during the series remove his mask and speak. So he is yeah, but part of it. Because you without... only
1: see that during the very last episode, he doesn't yeah. count.
3: No, I know that they, they yeah, they went out of their way to make sure that yeah, that it doesn't count. The voice acting yeah. can't win awards for sh- such things. Which I don't know. I think the the, the more as the, it's gonna ha- that's gonna have to change and evolve as things are changing now with new technologies and because there's some you know some CGI characters that it's like you know some of them have more emotion than the, the and you enjoy those characters more than the the, the real life counterparts right like. Uh, look at K, uh, K2 in Rogue One Alan Tudyk yeah. doesn't, doesn't mm-hmm. work as that robot you know, just, yeah uh, so, if he's going to be their like argument that in that is, series
1: their argument is uh, you know you shouldn't win a best actor because you're not acting it's the animator who's doing the acting air quotes even though yeah. you're providing the voice but I mean for most of the Mandalorian, it is Pablo Pascal. I mean, I think I know after watching the uh, <clears throat> the Mandalorian making of on Disney Plus, there were uh, two other people who put on the suit to be like stunt people. But I'm like, they would know who was on the suit when. So I think they should base the performance on when he they know he was in the suit.
2: Not and really be like, that. This is it's X. not like it's not like other movies don't in TV shows. Don't use stunt people. Well, yes,
1: exactly. And or don't use makeup or don't use costumes that cover people. So, yeah, I think I feel like it was a bit of a dick move on behalf of the Golden Globes just to, I guess, stop the Mandalorian from taking everything.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So 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 it's like, well, if you have a helmet on, you can't win. But if you're wearing a full facial prosthetic and you're made to look like a different person, then you still can.
2: Exactly.
1: It, it doesn't like make
2: any face. sense. Yeah. yeah. So that was my news. So in a little bit of positive news that kind of goes with uh, current events a little bit. Now, I'm not sure. Given what we we talked about with the Marvel app our last episode, I want to say, I don't know how this is going to convert, but uh, Marvel Comics has decided to make uh, uh, over 100000 hundred. Comic books by Black creators and Black characters free on their app. So if you go to like the Marvel Unlimited app, you can read through like so many good books like it, like that involve Black creators and uh, Black characters. So like That's there's nice. Awesome. Obviously, there's a, a bunch of Black Panther on there um, from the various different eras. But there's also stuff like uh, like Deathlock from uh, 91. Like that the reintroduction of Deathlock into the Marvel Universe. Which was, that's a great book. It's all five issues of that. Um, there is also uh, a bunch of uh, Power Man and uh, Luke Cage stuff. There's a couple Captain America things. There's that um, Shiri, uh, two Shiri miniseries are on there. Damage Control One Through Four is in there. Uh, Truth, the the Captain America graphic novel that uh, is about the the people who were Captain America before Captain America. Um, okay. Yep. Yeah, that's in there. It's it, like there's a lot of good stuff on the list. So uh, if you have the Marvel Unlimited at, uh, app, you can go through and just start reading them streaming them you can do that on uh through your web browser too apparently so um i, I just thought that's cool and you know it doesn't cost you anything it's free so free is good <laughs> and free mm-hmm. is always good
0: it's my favorite price
2: yeah <laughs> which brings us to the main event of this episode our Woo! discussion on i didn't say it yet
0: <laughs> I'm,
2: I'm anticipating. I'm, I'm so excited. Kevin was Our on Ducktales. Woo! Woo. Um, this is the modern version of Ducktales. Uh, we're only going to talk about the first two seasons. That's um, all. that's on
1: Disney Plus. That's all. Sad. That's
2: on Disney Plus right now. But the third season is it over yet, guys? Because I know you two were it Ryan and not. Kevin were looking at it. it is no, I haven't watched. No, I don't have no idea. Okay. So, no so
1: spoilers for Season 3, but definitely yeah. spoilers for Seasons 1 and 2. So,
2: outside of The Mandalorian, this might be my favorite thing on Disney+. Plus. It has okay. no reason oh, yeah. to
0: be
3: this good.
0: It's no, so
2: good.
3: No, it doesn't deserve to be this thing. yeah. Yeah. It's it's good that... Well, what was it? yeah, truly it's a kid's cartoon. Yeah, it's great for kids. But it's totally... Got the hidden stuff to just be like, oh, you you grew up watching DuckTales? Well, maybe you should watch this DuckTales again and you'll love it even more.
1: Yeah, they do such a good job of reinventing all of the characters to make them way more three-dimensional. Like <laughs> Actually developing Hiwi, them? <laughs> yeah, so like Huey, Dewey, and Louie have distinct personalities and, and traits and voices and you can tell them apart besides what color they're wearing. Mm-hmm. Um, Webby is... Insane, and I love her. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Even Scrooge McDuck has got such a, and even Donald has such a distinct well, personality and reason for the way they act. It's it's amazing. Well, that's
3: the thing too. Donald's actually in this.
1: Yeah.
2: Like,
3: yeah. He know. was never in the other one. Wasn't he?
2: I, I think, think he so. made like no, maybe know what once. But, like, he wasn't a main character. As someone
0: who's just done a rewatch of the first two seasons of the original DuckTales, Donald is in the first episode, and he shows up every now and then as sort of a special guest star.
1: Well, I would argue that Donald kind of shows up every now and then in this one, too. He's not in every single episode. But he is definitely a more prominent player. Yeah. And Launchpad. I love Launchpad.
3: (laughs) And the boys have a mother?
1: Yes. They have who, a mother
3: the, whose name we learn and who we see. Yeah, we actually meet her. She's
0: awesome. I love yeah. her. Yeah. Oh. Her name is Della, by the way, listeners. Yes.
1: Yeah. Della Duck, and I love that all of the ducks, um, kind of recognize that Donald has a bit of a speech impediment and just kind of go with it. They don't. None of the the rest of them don't have that kind of duck talk that I think that they had in the original one.
2: Mm. Which yeah, makes Donald's the only easier. character who really has it.
1: And it's even to the point where they're like, we don't understand what he's saying. Like some other characters just like, I have no idea what he's saying. I the, love,
3: yeah, the, couple the season of- one finale episodes when they're fighting against uh, what's the, the, the witch, the dark magic and <laughs> mag- <laughs> spell, spell. Yeah. and they're trying to when they have to go and storm the the vault and the uh, gadget. What's the is that, uh, Gy- gyro gyro gyro. Puts stuffs that thing down his throat so that can, <laughs> we, they can understand what he says, and he's saying all these like heroic and like you know all you know, like inspirational words. like have you have you always been talking like this? Yeah,
2: <laughs> and he's voiced by Don Cheadle.
3: Uh, is he? Oh,
2: yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don This show has the
0: most amazing, impressive voice cast of any any uh, animated show on TV
2: right now. Oh, Oh, they spent money. They had to. Oh, they weren't afraid.
0: Yeah. Uh, The three nephews are played by um, uh, Danny Pudi and Ben Schwartz and uh, Horatio Sands. The uh, Della, the mother, is played by Paget Brewster. Uh, Gizmo Duck is Lin Manuel Miranda. That's you know. why
1: it sounds so familiar. I was oh. trying to place that.
0: <laughs>
3: Who's he? Uh,
0: Lynn Manuel Miranda, the creator of Hamilton.
3: Oh, okay. Uh,
1: you know, it's just got a fantastic, fantastic voice cast.
2: Yeah, and I, I'm like not going to the...
1: lie. The, the reason I wanted to watch this from the get go was because David Tennant's the voice of Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> oh,
2: yeah. And I'm Thanks. sorry, it's Bobby Moynihan as Louis, not uh, Horatio. Uh, you know what? I can actually get why you made that mistake because <laughs> <laughs> uh, his... those are two people like from the Saturday Night Live cast that I mix up in my head exactly all the time. So and
0: I also love Kate Micucci as um, as Webby.
1: And wasn't um, somebody famous did uh, Magica too? Didn't they? Oh, that's Catherine Tate. Catherine yes. Tate. So it's Doctor Who and Donna. Yes. Oh, jeez. Uh,
2: yeah, oh, and even so like the, the, uh, the moon people are both. Uh, it's, it's, uh, what's her face from Modern Family is Pam. the, uh, the uh, Oh, what's her name? The the blonde mom from Modern Family. No, the
1: way you described it was best when I asked you. You said, you know, the blonde mom who's married to the idiot. <laughs> 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 yeah, like, oh, she, yeah. She was
0: on Ed as well.
2: Um, and why can't I remember her name? Oh uh, yeah, it's uh, Julie Brown. Julie, Julie Bowen. Bowen. And Lance Riddick is uh, Lunaris, the uh, the the evil moon person. <laughs> yes. Oh but my god! The, but the yeah, nice thing Planet's is, moon. <laughs> for as I much love the as, like it's like an Allison Janney is Goldie. Uh, what's her now, name? Uh, Goldie, uh, Goldie. Uh, yeah, just Goldie. Um, Scrooge's love interest. As much as they've brought in like these big name celebrities, the other side of it too is the all star animation voice cast to it. Mm-hmm. Like Rob Paulson and uh, Jim Cummings are, are both do voices for it, and you know, like you just go down the list. John DiMaggio does voices for it. And uh, Cree Summer, like, it's a lot of, like, the, there was definitely a lot of care and a lot of, like, a fair amount of money spent to make sure this cast was, like, the, the all-star of both worlds, right?
1: Mm.
2: Oh, does hey, the voice of I Glumgold. didn't know that. Um, I think Glumgold is just, like, one of the animated Animated characters.
1: I love Glumgold.
3: I, yeah, I
2: do love Glumgold, especially the, like the, the
3: those, episode. The for... Glumgold characters. I mean, character, his theme song. Well, yeah, that was great too. When he, when he takes over the show. Yeah. Changes glum the
2: animation. <laughs> Woo. Uh, Glumgold is played by Keith Ferguson, who. Uh duh, 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 duh. I love how his he, accent's uh, fake, he his beard's fake. He, he does a lot of voices for like, like a whole been. whack of cartoons. Yeah. Like and Robot Chicken and a bunch of other stuff. Um, like he's a voiceover artist. The, uh, the the one that just surprised me that I don't know how I didn't get because I'm such a fan of his is Michael Chiklis does the voice of Zeus. Oh. Yeah. Ah.
1: Oh my uh, God. The episodes where they go to the Greek gods. if a quack killed no. me. I laughed so hard. Brent was looking at me. <laughs> oh my god. I love Storkules. <laughs> I love that
3: he is, like, he considers Donald his best friend <laughs>
1: yeah.
3: and always wants to hang out with him and is always trying to, oh, what are you trying, I, when he I moves in with them and becomes and his I, roommate. I,
1: I love that all the characters come back again. Like, he, A lot of these could be classified as kind of like one-off episodes where it's like they have an adventure, they come home, they're done. But I love that all of the characters somehow come back, especially at the very end of season two. Like the harpies come back and Mm -hmm. Storkyles keeps popping up again. The fact that Manny, the headless horse, (laughs) ended up being a lab assistant. (laughs) And can we talk about
0: Darkwing Duck and
3: the yes, Disney Afternoon. Oh, that was, I can't wait for, so for that to come back?
1: Shit. I can't
3: they, say. so they brought in Gizmo Duck, which was awesome because I always loved Gizmo Duck. And then yeah, like you said, to bring in and the way they've introduced Darkwing Duck as being like the equivalent of 60s Batman to us. <laughs> oh,
1: so do, and you, then know they, who, they do leave you know him who? Do you know as Negaduck. Duck? And I'm like, oh my god, Negaduck's Duck's yes. gonna be in it!
0: Yay! Do, do you know who voiced the director of the Darkwing Duck movie? No. Edgar Wright.
2: Ah. <laughs> oh. The uh, I I liked when they turned uh oh what's his name the electric villain from Darkwing Duck the the, uh, the movie version looks like Bane. Yes. <laughs> the uh. On a whole, it, it's just so well put together. It's so and funny. It, it's, I, I yeah.
1: It's, it's so entertaining and it's so funny. And
2: it's, it's,
1: I mean, we don't have kids. And I mean, okay, we do like a lot more kid-friendly television than some other adults. But I think that this is definitely the type of show that you can sit down and watch with your kids. And you will enjoy it just as much, if not more, than they do it's it's just got so many different layers and levels that it's uh, it's very appealing to all ages. Yeah. Especially Does, if you grew up with DuckTales
2: as a kid. Yeah. Does anybody have a favorite episode? I I've got one.
1: What's your favorite? Glomtails?
2: Um, no, that that's a close second though. <laughs> um I really like the Golf episode.
1: Oh my god, yes.
0: Oh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> The, the the pony, the, the Shelties keep trying to convince them to come swim out to their deaths from like from that to just like the um, the commentary from Launchpad and uh, the, one of the nephews for the, like doing the golf commentary and Launchpad's like, like, I find doing this voice comforting and soothing. Spaghetti, bologna. Nickelback, like, like he just like <laughs> goes like random right words. And speaking of which, Launchpad has had yes. such an upgrade in the show. Oh my
1: god, yes! When he goes
2: off and does like little secret adventures, and then well, comes just, back,
1: yeah, I, was, I was like, I want to know what happened. <laughs> I wanted to know what's going on with him and
3: that mermaid and yeah. his undersea adventures. <laughs> well, then he has
1: another one when they go to the that mountain too. He goes off and has an adventure on his there,
2: own. There's that. There's the casino one. Like Ooh. there's a couple episodes where he he disappears and comes back. The casino <laughs> one, he's like in like samurai armor or something on the way back, and nobody says anything.
3: I'm pretty sure in season three we get a the long time adventure. I think that's that yeah, one. Yes. That's like the James Bond episode. I have watched. Where we it also. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's There's also episode the episode that introduced the Rescue Rangers, isn't it? Um
0: I will not I will not say on oh, the spoilers. grounds that we are not spoiling season three.
2: Oh, yeah. I was just thinking
1: not- about that episode where um they go into the Mrs. Beakley's past with agent 22
2: yes. and they're
1: going after gummy berry juice. And as soon as they said the book of du- castle Dunwin, I lost my shit. And Brent was like, what? And I'm like, it's gummy bears. And all through oh. the episode, the background music
0: was subtly playing the gummy bears. Theme. <laughs> <laughs> oh. and,
2: and the, uh, the, the formula with the outlines of the gummy bears. Yes. yes. Like, and I think it, it so once again, uh, Disney, uh, Disney-owned property, is taking the lead into building a universe yes. better than DC is. Well, yeah, because yeah. they even
1: mentioned they Cape are Suzette. A lot. Building the,
2: the well, Disney afternoon you. And Cape so, Suzette
1: is where uh, uh, Tailspin is from.
2: So well, they that's don't where Don Carnage is the, yes. the uh, villain from right. But they also oh, talk yeah. that they're going to
1: move to Cape Suzette, and they talk about Cape Suzette quite
3: often. Yeah. So at last year's San Diego Comic Con. Uh, They did announce, or they revealed that in the third season, we'd be getting some other characters from the old, you know, afternoon, uh, including Kit Kicker and Molly Cunningham from Tailspin. Mm
1: -hmm. I want them Um, to go back in time and meet the Gummy Bears so badly.
0: (laughs) So who does? You've seen the end of season two, right? Yeah, we, so we, the we storyline of season three is set up at the end of season two with the creation of Foul, the yes. uh, the evil, Ooh, evil and organization. so sneaky bastard vulture- The buzzers. Yeah. Yes, that are played by Mark <coughs> Evans-Jackson, who's one of my favorite actors these days. You'd know him from The Good Place. He plays Sean, the demon head of The Bad Place. Ah. Uh
1: yeah.
0: Uh, so Fowl is the uh, Fowl is the major villain
2: of season three.
1: Was Fowl oh, originally
2: he's, uh, from? DuckTales? He's the uh, he's Holt's husband, Kevin. Yes. In Brooklyn Nine Nine. Okay, gotcha. oh. Was Was Fowl originally uh,
1: DuckTales?
0: I believe Fowl is. I believe it was. was. It was it was it DuckTales or was it Darkwing Duck?
2: Oh, there's I don't one know.
1: one of them. Let me see what I can Are we all Googling? But this is what happened to uh, I'm, when I'm you not were... going to. No, um, so with I did enjoy
3: and... the the Christmas episode. Oh, that was great, too. With, yeah. with the ghosts of Christmas <laughs> past oh, yeah. and how they showed up. Like, oh, we meant to go to a different guy's house. But we yes. ended up here instead. Yes. And there was all the ghosts from, from the Disney the Christmas Carol. That was I just yeah. oh I thought that was great. He's doing like shots with them and
0: yeah. So Fowl originated on um, was introduced in the Ducktales episode Double O Duck, the original nineteen eighties Ducktales. But uh, they also fought Darkwing Duck uh, um, on his show. Yeah. Steelbeak was a Darkwing Duck vill- villain. Yeah. Well,
3: yeah, that kind of makes that, sense because that those two and those two back then kind of went together because even gizmo duck did he not show up on uh on darkwing duck they
2: never and launchpad right yeah Yeah. launchpad Launchpad was his like sidekick
0: right but they never really acknowledged that ducktales and darkwing duck were in the same universe other than launchpad
1: yeah but they don't acknowledge that it's the same like that launchpad is in like he doesn't no, say I don't in know. one, oh, yeah, I gotta yeah. go to Mr. McD, right? So yeah. I love that he well, kind of has was... a crisis in this in this modern one when there's because he's like, but I, I work for Scrooge, but I love DW, and I'm like, he's like, which one do I go to? <laughs>
2: <laughs> so is uh we we won't delve into the Chip and Dale range, but we'll we'll just say for the sake of it, they're coming. Characters uh-huh. from Tailspin are coming. We've already had the the revamped of Darkwing Duck. Goof does Troop that, characters show up. <gasps> does that Do they? leave any? Goof Troop, you said? Yes yeah. Goof Troop. Oh my god. Well i, love Goofy. Well, it, I did Goofy. notice that uh one of the one of the nephews is listening to uh power line from the yeah. Goofy movie at oh, one yep. point. Shit. Wow I
1: love all those little <laughs> references too. It's yeah
2: um, like they're, they're digging Deep into the Disney afternoon stuff. Yeah. So well, who Daisy's who in does this it leave out? season? Who's Daisy Duck appears. Okay.
0: Does it leave go out from the to Disney top. afternoon? Is that what you're asking, Brent?
2: Yeah, like is there is other than you know, like Aladdin and Little Mermaid and that those those based off of features, we will say for the sake of argument for the time being, they would not be included yeah. in in that so, sort of same realm
3: apparently some of the wuzzles are going to be appearing
1: were the wuzzles disney yes yeah. it was <gasps> the very first
0: disney um uh, animated series really yeah.
1: i love wuzzles i had yeah, the kangaroo bunny hippopotamus thing
3: rhino key and butter bear are supposed to be appearing
1: <gasps> yay I'm jumping up and down. You can't see me, but I'm jumping up and down. <laughs> yeah,
2: I did not realize they were a Disney product. I didn't I'm remember what they were Disney until I looked at the Disney. little picture.
1: <sighs> Yay, Wazzles.
0: Oh, the other characters that could show up are from Marsupilami and uh, Bonkers. Those oh, could Bonkers. I don't remember
1: Bonkers at all.
2: Um Bonkers was like a a police based comedy with a what is he a bobcat? He's a
1: bobcat. Yes.
2: Yeah. It was it originally was supposed to be Roger Rabbit. It was going to be the Roger Rabbit cartoon and for some reason and I've never read why they decided to change the main character. I guess maybe because Roger was too adult associated, but I don't think he would have been by that point but but either now, bonkers would I I I'd, I'd be down for that.
3: The person I want to see show up, and I thought you know, in the little tease we did get, was pretty was pretty good. I want to see Mickey show up.
1: Oh my god, Mickey to- or Donald <laughs> talking to the Mickey melon. Yes. when so he hard. does the
3: voice. Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> as his as his best friend on the island, and say, like, oh, of course, yeah. his best friend is going to be a melon that looks and talks like Mickey Mouse. And
2: I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility because the uh, w- there's the episode with the what do you call it the three Caballeros? Yes, yep. yeah, which oh, is that one, like that's, that's that's not Disney old. That's just Disney, right? Yep.
1: Yeah, and Brent, we got to watch that movie because you haven't seen it.
2: I think I had as a kid. I don't think I've seen it since then, though. Like not uh, not yeah. as an adult for sure. <laughs> but. uh, yeah, the other
0: thing I love about this show is that it's not just drawing from the Disney afternoon Canon. It's also drawing from the really extensive comic book canon of the Ducks that Carl Barks created. Oh, yeah, uh, like so much of this stuff is Della is from that comic run. Didn't they show the Duck Family tree? Because uh, Webby is investigating the Duck m- m- slash McDuck family tree. That came directly from the Karl Barks comics. Characters like Gladstone and Feathery and yeah. Gyro, they all come straight from the old comics. And, and there's,
2: uh, a, there's a couple other images that they use. Like there's one of like uh, Scrooge in like uh, on a mountaintop kind of thing. In like explorer gear, that's definitely based off of one of those uh, barks covers or layouts or something like that. Like it, <laughs> it was an image I recognized right off the bat.
0: Yeah. Plus, all of that like Klondike stuff, the, the life story of Scrooge McDuck. Speaking of which, I love how they just sort of gloss over the fact that
1: Scrooge is like 150 years old. Well, he <laughs> was, I think they said he was born in what, 18. 63. Yeah. Yep. It just, but yeah, he, he spent, just is. but he spent, I think a decade in a demon dimension, according to him and Goldie. And he, they spent five years, frozen. five
0: years frozen. Oh, you seen <laughs> the episode where he met, where we meet his parents.
1: Yeah.
2: Yes.
0: It's, so like <laughs> there's a curse that
3: they, yeah. <laughs> and gyro shows uh, up in the past time traveling gyro is uh
2: yeah. voice by uh, one of his dad's voice by Graham McTavish. Who is yes. like one of my favorite Scottish actors? He, uh, some of our r- listeners would know him best from The Hobbit, or perhaps uh, uh, Rambo, because he—not he, the last Rambo movie, but the second last one that came out—he's in that, which and was he's also—he's uh, also an Outlander. I think is that what that show's called, the Horny Scotsman show? Yes,
1: called.
2: Yes. that's what it's
1: called. That's wait, it's wait, called. wait, wait which, which guy is this? <laughs> is the hot dwarf.
2: Uh, the hot dwarf. Yeah,
1: like the main one in the Hobbit.
2: No, no, he's one of the secondary guys.
1: Oh, I don't know who he is then. It, <laughs>
2: if I, if you saw a picture of him, you you would recognize him because he, he up until like the last couple of years, he's been a character actor. Like you, he's just like this the Scottish guy in a bunch of stuff.
1: All right, what's his name again?
2: Graham McDavid. <laughs> He was at uh, Hamilton Comic Con uh last year. But he's uh he's also doing a voice for uh Castlevania on Netflix as well. But, uh, yeah it's working. The uh Oh yeah, and he played uh, the Saint of Killers and Preacher. Huh. But uh I, I don't know, enough of that. Uh so yeah. uh, I think we can all wholeheartedly say that uh, no, we Hill can't wait
3: for season three is awesome.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah
3: I, I,
0: I, I they're up to see episode seven on Disney Channel. Um, oh, Disney, it? yeah, Disney on demand, like on demand on Rogers. Uh, they only have episode seven now, mm. so you can't even catch up if you've got regular cable to where to where it's airing. But uh, there are methods. <laughs> We have a ways. <laughs> um, there's an episode where uh, they use the music from the DuckTales video game uh, through the whole thing.
2: Oh well, there's tons of those like little just nuggets of stuff, like you were saying. Like there's uh, the cave duck, the one with the lamp. They they read, like there's a a couple shots that are like the poster for that original DuckTales movie. Yep. Uh, yep. Speaking of which, I love that episode too <laughs> there's, there's no genie There's no magical spells <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: There's
0: one mystery I need to know And that's why is Scrooge so mad at Santa
2: <laughs> I'm Anytime sure anyone mentions at Santa some point, but he, gets, yeah.
1: he gets angry I think it's because he got visited By the ghosts when he was evil Mr. Scrooge mm. I still can't find this guy. I give up.
2: <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah. So if you haven't watched it yet, uh, and I, I've i been telling tons of people yeah. to, to check this show out. Definitely. It, if uh, you haven't watched it yet, it's it's worth sitting down and so good and going through and the nice thing is is again like they're half hour episodes so even less than that like 20 25 20 minutes.
1: minutes yeah
2: so it's not like you can do both seasons pretty quickly
1: like we yes. did
2: <laughs> <laughs> and you have the option
3: to skip past the uh opening theme song but you'll Don't. find you won't be doing that too often cuz you'll yeah. just be happy to sing along with
1: it yeah, you know, it'll Brent make you feel good. Brent kept skipping it and I would just sing it in my head. <laughs>
2: but there's also the uh, there's also the uh the other ones where like they do switch it up, like the glumgold mm. glum like episode. Glomgold, yeah. glum
1: <laughs> glom tails. <laughs> oh. Uh because so. he thinks the best way to stop Scrooge is I love his schemes. Oh my god, his schemes. They're the best. The sharkas. We're gonna put sharks in parkas. And shoot them at a space station. <laughs> I,
2: I hope what's her face the the owl. Uh, oh, Allison. Uh, Allison, I hope she comes back. And, I also love her. With a bigger oh. corporation, uh, she Allison. could end up being an evil genius. Yeah, working with foul. The, the, they've driven her to that point.
1: Ma, <laughs> oh, I hope not. That would be All sad.
2: Right. Well, that, uh, go check out DuckTales, available now on Disney+. Plus. And uh, Season 3 is currently airing on the Disney Channel. Which brings us to the end of our episode, and geek picks. who wants to go first? I shall.
0: In this time of global crisis and shutdown, it is good when things reopen. And to that, uh, the Board Gaming Cafe Cards and Coasters in Aurelia has reopened. Unfortunately, they cannot reopen as a board gaming cafe because of restrictions, but they have reopened as an ice cream parlor and cold drink emporium. Uh, they uh, serve lovely, lovely Kawartha Dairy ice creams, milkshakes, mm. slushies, Ooh. frozen coffees. Uh, they just added smoothies. They've actually replaced their their tables in their seating area with ice cream freezers. Um, oh, jeez!
1: Yeah, so they have lots.
0: <laughs> yes, they have Ooh. ice cream, and it's a young couple that runs this business. They put all of their life savings into it, and it's a great, great place. I love it when it's open regularly. So I want to make sure that they are supported now. Um, it's 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 fantastic. Um, I posted. I don't know if I posted it to the podcast group, but I bought. Uh, She's a very crafty person, and she's been making geek-themed face masks, and I, again, just to keep supporting them, I bought a Star Trek The Next Generation-themed face mask with the logos of all the different alien species all over it, and I love it. So, uh, yeah, Uh, if you can, if you're in the Aurelia area and you are craving something cold and sweet, uh, Cards and Coasters... On Memorial Avenue, right across the street from the library... Not Memorial Avenue, Mississauga Street. On Mississauga Street, right across the street from the Aurelia Public Library, is a great place to go to support a fantastic small local business.
1: Awesome. I love ice cream. hmm <laughs> Brent, we're going to have to drive to Aurelia for ice cream.
2: Well, uh, it, 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 right now, that would be about the same amount of time that we currently line up for ice cream, so...
1: Yeah that's, that's the one uh, thing That we never anticipated from this Is that it takes a long time to get ice cream now
2: it takes a long time <laughs> to do anything now
1: Yeah But ice cream
2: <laughs> Who wants to go next?
1: Uh, I'll go I don't remember if this was my geek pick or not So if it was, then I'll do it again uh, We watched Space Force Did we talk about this before?
2: We have not talked about Space Force. We've talked about it privately, no. but I don't think we've okay. talked about it on the
3: show. Yeah. I think the most was we mentioned it was coming to Netflix.
1: Yes. So Brent and I sat down and we watched all of season one of Space Force, which was not, it's only about 10 episodes. And they're like a half an hour each. And it was hilarious. I thought this was, I was kind of worried that it was just going to be, you know, Stephen Corral being like the guy from The Office over again. But he's not. He uh, plays definitely a different character. It's similar, but different. Uh, John Malkovich is in it. I didn't know that. Well, I love John, John, John Malkovich. Yes, he's fantastic. Um, the humor is very tongue-in-cheek for the most part. Uh, but I think that if you... <laughs> okay, it's going to get a little political. If you think that Trump is nuts... <laughs> you'll find it funny for different reasons than if you are a Trump supporter. But either way I think you'd still find it funny. Um all the characters are great and I like that the the um uh the social media guy F Tony uh who's also the voice of Dewey Duck on DuckTales. Ah oh, tie in. Um Whoa. they call him fuck Tony.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: And it's just it's just a fantastic show it's too short now i gotta wait forever oh and lisa kudrow's in it um and i really want to know what happens to her so it's like mm, and i gotta wait forever now till the second season but you should definitely watch the first season it's hilarious
0: i gotta admit i have watched i've only watched the first three episodes And it's taking me a while to warm up to it. Um, I liked episode three quite a bit because that's the episode where he gives the speech to the um, Congress members about why we need, why we should pay for a $10,000 orange. I I like that speech. Yeah. But um,
1: I don't know. It just. The chimpanzee episode didn't get you. I thought Brent was going to die. He was laughing so hard. It
0: was
1: so good.
0: It just seemed cruel to me. And oh. and the fact that he wasn't listening to his science people was
1: That's ridiculous. the tongue in cheek part about, you know And then the monkey defected to China <laughs>
3: <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I love how the Chinese space agency is messing with them all the time. Oh yeah. Like, they're like, oh we got our satellite in space. No you don't. Chip yeah. <laughs> I
0: will I will keep watching. I, but I, it's and not... A, well, yeah, but the humor's not, not the everyone. same for everybody. I think it's
1: great. <laughs> That's why it's my geek pick, and it doesn't have to be yours. Yep. <laughs> okay. Brian, your turn?
3: Uh, sure. Um, okay, we're going to do a way back playback, because I've been getting this popping up in my... Oh, this is something you might want to watch on Netflix, and like, every email I get from them, they have recently added... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 The Secret of the Ooze to Netflix. So if you don't have it on <laughs> DVD at home and your VCR doesn't work anymore, now you can watch the Ninja Turtles live-action movies through streaming. Exciting. And I actually I have no real big plans this weekend, other than there's a couple movies I want to sit down and watch. Those ones might end up making the list. Um... That Disney release Artemis Fowl was that that? It comes out this weekend. Yep.
1: Oh yeah. I so I'm kind of want
3: to see that. I saw some uh, not so uh, uh, promising headlines, but I don't know about anything about the book or the story, so I'm going into it fresh. Uh, I also noticed that coming soon to Netflix is The Meg, and I'm a mm-hmm. sucker for a giant shark movie, mm-hmm. and I will totally watch that again. Nice. <sighs> So it might be a Netflix
2: streaming weekend for Ryan. Cool. So, breaking news. uh uh, The only reason I'm doing this, not saving it for next episode, is because it involves somebody who has been on the show before. Uh, Loyal listeners will remember from a while back, one of my geek picks was... A book called a certain point of view which was uh the star wars movie told by different authors from the the different points of view to different characters so it's the original star wars like a new hope well they have announced uh, as of like an hour ago that there will be another book covering empire strikes back in the same format that will come out in november Oh. With uh, much like the first one, the the proceeds of the book will be going to uh, charity. At this po- at this point, it's the uh, charity first book, which is a nonprofit that supports uh, teachers and uh, communities with books and educational resources in the United States. Uh, the reason I'm bringing this up and know that this has popped up is because the uh, the first mention I've seen of this is from. Uh, friend of the show, Jim Zub, because he has a story in it. Cool. He hasn't. Uh, that's, that's cool. He hasn't really said uh, which piece of the movie that he's doing. He probably can't right now. But uh, he, he also said, uh, "I feel like Comic Doric hiding <laughs> around amongst all these classy literary literary types, wondering when they're going to tell me it was all a mistake." <laughs> But uh, uh, so I am looking forward to that because re- listeners will know I love that first one. It was such mm-hmm. a cool idea. And it, it even had a chapter that nearly made me cry. <laughs> so I'm curious <laughs> to see what they do with this one. Because the uh, the thing with Empire too is you can do so many things with it because it, there's the multi... Storylines are going on in this one, whereas in A New Hope, it's really only sort of one straight-ahead story that's that you have in the film, right? Whereas this, there's multiple storylines already going on that have multiple background characters doing things and stuff like that. I
3: hope, I hope one of the stories is the guy running around with the ice cream maker.
1: (laughs) Yes, that would be a story. Is like a
3: vault.
2: Yeah. But no, they
1: should make to. it an ice cream maker.
2: <laughs> Blue ice cream. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I kind of hope that we get the um uh, the the story from somebody's point of view of all the bounty hunters showing up. Oh, on on the, on the on the <laughs> ship. Yeah. Because <laughs> I feel that like you could do that. It, it has so many possibilities. You could do that straight or you could do that as, like, a comedy starring the Imperial parking attendant who's got to park all their ships in the Star Destroyer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, you should write one and see if they'll put it in the book.
2: Oh, I'm sure this book is done, dear.
1: <laughs>
2: if it'd be a little late for me to put get something in in that's coming out in November. You yeah. uh, can write yeah. one so, from so the point like, of view of the Ewoks,
3: completely yeah. in Ewoks yeah.
2: Uh, congrats to to our friend Jim Sub. That's that's pretty awesome. He's a uh, he's rounding the bases right now on like characters that he he loves that he's getting to work on. So um, as for my geek pick, this may sound like a little bit of an odd one, but I'm going with the Shout Factory uh, re release uh, collector's edition of John Carpenter's not so classic Escape from L.A. Ooh. uh escape from la is uh one of the lesser appreciated john carpenter films <laughs> um because it kind of ran out of money and the special effects like even at the time looked pre- some of them looked really bad now they stand out like a sore thumb but some of the satire and political commentary that has worked into this film is now more than ever so timeless and so on the nose with where the American presidency, in particular, went. Like the not to get again not to get too political, but I watched it the the day after uh, Trump was hiding in his bunker no. underneath the White House, um, and there is a you mean scene inspecting? In, uh, yeah, there's a scene in Escape <laughs> from LA where an earthquake happens. And the president is hiding underneath the table, like, shaking and just hoping that the earthquake killed all the dissidents that are the problem. I'm like, oh, that is so on the nose. Um, Other than that, like, the Shout Factory, again, nailed it with a really good transfer. And the, the movie looks better than it probably has in quite a while. The special features on it are pretty good. Um, like there's interviews with like a a bunch of the actors, including one guy who is like, uh, he's in a lot of John Carpenter's films just because they're like, they're buddies. And he's like, he's never like a main player, but he's in the background of a lot of the films and stuff like that. And watching him talk about working in movies (laughs) is, is great. 'Cause he's also a guy that d- doesn't have any fucks to give anymore. And he was talking about like how he got this one movie and he was high on acid while he was doing his audition. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so shout 3's Escape from LA, um, it's it, it's not as good as Escape from New York, but it, it, especially now, like in retrospect, is there's a lot of good things in it. So that's it for this episode of True North Nerds. We'll be back in two weeks with a regular episode. But next week, there will be uh, another episode of Sailor Snacking. So you're pretty Yay! much going to get a stream of uh, shows from us uh, over the, the next little while. And uh, Whether you there's, there's going to be some extras here and there that pop up. And, you know, you, hopefully you won't get sick of us, though. <laughs>
1: I'll just listen so, to the stuff that appeals to you if you're not a sailor moon fan, I won't be offended
0: Much. or listen to sailor snacking for the fantastic vibe that Tracy and Jen have I think I think it's great conversation and it's great fun to listen to
2: yes and, and they're uh, a fun review of food
1: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> and not not to sound biased but uh, i I've produced uh, the second episode and it, it gets better as it goes along once it, they, yeah, the first episode, they
1: start the first episodes the always rock.
2: Yeah, but you guys did a good job on the first episode. Um and uh with the second episode, you're you're sort of you've got the format down and you're smoothing out and uh you you in particular also figured out how to uh, make it easy for me to edit because you you <laughs> made the snack out of boiler, order. So, well, you're giving away our secrets now. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Oh, and one last little bit of housekeeping uh, to end this episode with, Uh, there's going to be a little promo of uh, something at the end of this. A friend of the show and uh, well-known Ontario and Canadian broadcaster Jeff Woods is in the middle of building a recording and performance space. And has an Indiegogo to to help kind of fill out the cost a little bit. And cool. it's it's looking pretty good. And for us, like this is more of a local thing than it is for people out of town. It's, a, it's it's going to be a space where bands can come in and do YouTube performances with like a half decent camera and sound setup, as well as like recording podcasts and things like that it's it's going to be located in blue mountain and it work on it i've seen pictures jeff's shown me a couple things so um for uh for us we are now done but uh jeff has a little uh, little blurb on how you can help out and maybe make this studio a bit more of a reality
1: It's Jeff Woods. want to give you an update on the studio I'm building. It's 80% complete. The budget that was 40000 is now 50000 You know how they grow. It's been funded by yours truly today. To top up the budget and bring the studio to completion, we put together a GoFundMe with multi tiered incentives.
2: This is the only way to buy your way into the guest list for what will be really intimate live concert performances near Blue Mountain, Ontario. The studio will also be home to the podcast and radio show and audiobooks and all the other things I do related to music. Connect through my socials at Jeff Woods Radio. Thanks so much.
1: Thank you for listening to the True North Nerds. You can find us at truenorthnerds.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at True North Nerds. To contact one or any of the nerds, you can email them at truenorthnerds at gmail.com. Theme music provided by Kirby Crackle. You can find more of their music at kirbycracklemusic.com. If you like this show, please go to your podcast app of choice and rate and review us.